Hello, everyone, and welcome to the I Love Kid Min podcast, the place where you and your church take the next steps in your kids' ministry journey. We know you love Kid Min, and we want to give you the tools to succeed. Now, your hosts, Ryan Frank and Corey Jones. Hey, hey, welcome to the I Love Kid Min podcast number 28. Corey, it's been great um, hearing from the I Love Kid Min community about the podcast. Can you believe it's just been an amazing 2019? Here we are in 2020. 2020. Wow. How late did you stay up? Um, at least 1205. Are you no promises after that. Do you watch the ball drop? Oh yeah. It's it's mostly for my wife. She likes that. Um, but no, this podcast has been so fun. Um, we're looking through reviews before we got started and uh just thank you. Uh Jesse Cody 5555, uh kids for him, Pete Thomas, Hopeful Moose. Cool username, by the way. Uh your words. That's all you got for us, Corey, Hopeful Moose. I like it. <laughs> I actually right. know who that yep. guy is. Um, your words, uh, they're encouraging. They, uh, we very much appreciate it. And so uh, as we're going into the new year, we just thank you for that. And Ryan, 2020, um, I, I got a nice softball easy question for you. Uh, I'm just kidding. Oh, one that actually you might need to think about, so brace yourself. Um, yeah. I'm curious, what what is one thing that Ryan Frank, one thing that you can do this year to increase your enjoyment of God? What's just one thing that could be different for Ryan this year? Oh boy, no. Increase my enjoyment for God. Yeah, you know, the the two things, as I'm thinking toward 2020, I need to spend more time. I definitely don't spend enough time when I pray, praising Him and reflecting on the good things and worshiping him in that I, I i it's really easy for me to jump right into the prayer class and the needs that i know of so i think if i can get a little more intentional with my prayer time to slow down and let's just thank god for who he is and what he's done in my life and for the promises of his word i think another one for me personally that gets really practical is when i'm in the car it's really easy for me to uh, jump into podcasts and just start listening to podcasts i need to spend more time um listening to good worship music and just worshiping God in the car. So that's something I want to do more of in 2020. I don't, I'm not a big music person, so I would, I enjoy listening to podcasts more than music, but I do enjoy worship. And so I want to spend more time in the car on the commute when I'm running an errand, worshiping the Lord. What about you, Corey? Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's just expressing gratitude, um, journaling, writing down my praises and uh, stopping to take note. And like for me, I just know it in the moment, um, remembering to give him credit for whatever's going on right there and uh, to just honor uh, what what he's doing in my life, whether it's the big wow, moments yeah. or the mundane moments, um, but expressing that gratitude. So that's going to be one of my goals for this year, uh, moving into it. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a great year, 2020. All right. Who do we need to thank for making this episode possible? All right. We want to thank our friends over at Randall House. Um, you might know Randall House from the uh, from their conference, D6. They've got a, a relatively new book by Ron Hunter called Recalibrate. And Corey, I have the book. I've not even cracked it yet. Um, oh, man, you I know it's great. I follow, your, I follow your blog and I follow your tweets and stuff. Tell us what you think about it. Oh, I think it's great. Um, 
the premise of the book is pretty creative. They took the different leaders from the conference that year. They each wrote a chapter on their area of expertise. And so it's Ron Hunter plus, uh, I think it's 15 total family ministry leaders. And they all tackle different topics that matter to them. Um, there's one on staff and volunteer dynamics. Um, Brian Haynes write about that, and that's solid. Um, the art of influence and of meaningful conversations. Um, Jim uh, Weidman, a good friend of both of ours, he writes on grandparenting and challenges the church when they're thinking about family ministry um, to realize so many grandparents are raising kids and also um, the influence that's there. It's not just sugaring them up and sending them home, but that that can change the family dynamic forever. And so um, I would just check it out, grab the book. The first chapter alone is worth the price of the book. And then you got 14 other chapters to just digest. And usually I kill books. I, I would go right through one um, like in a day, but there this book do. has been a slow digest for me. Like, okay. Um, it's been each weekend I, I read a chapter, figure out what I need to do to apply it. And so I'm telling you, you should go check it out. The Recalibrate book, it's on Amazon. It's on their webpage. It's a easy uh, but solid, solid book. Uh, thank you, Randall House, for being the sponsor of the I Love Kidman podcast, episode number 28. All right, time for our favorite things. I'm going to let you go first. You got a favorite thing? I know you I do. do. What is it? It's Canva. Um, Canva is a just simplified graphic design tool. Um, and uh, like I've used it for a couple of years now, but for some reason it's just taken top shelf for me. Like I've just finished talking to one of our interns about it, about how easy it is to just drag and drop stuff. Um, you got access to images and graphics and fonts and what it does for me is like when i'm making something visual uh, i care about the information on it but not necessarily how pretty it is and yeah this makes my content um look like a graphic designer made it and bonus thing man the uh the pictures on it are great and most of them cost a dollar and so instead of me sending uh, somebody to go find an image or spending 30 minutes trying to find the perfect image for my graphic drag and drop ah. use a dollar from my amazon account or whatever to get rid of that yep. watermark and i'm done and so canva.com um i think you're gonna like it ryan what about you yeah i love canva too it's a good one so one of my favorite things and some of you might have heard me teach about talk about this before but um, every time I teach kids church, I always carry a box with me up front, and it's my drop of the hat box. And so I just want to throw it out. I don't know about you. Sometimes I run out of material or my pastor goes, church runs late, and there's nothing worse than church is still going and you don't have anything to do. And so I carry a box with me every Sunday. I only use it maybe once every six or eight weeks. But when I need it, I'm so glad it's there. So I keep stuff in there for quick games, quick object lessons, trivia cards, candy. Um, and like on my object lessons, I have a post-it note, like what do I want to say about this with some bullet points. So if I run out of stuff to do and I wish I could pull a rabbit out of a hat because I need it right now. I've got like 60 kids in here and I need to fill 10 minutes. I've got some instant activities in that box up front with me ready to go. That has been a lifesaver for me. I heard that idea at a, 
um, a Kidman conference a long, long time ago, and it stuck all these years. And um, it's my favorite thing, my Kidman hack of the week. Get a drop of the hat box and bring it with you every Sunday with just some activities ready to go, just if you need to fill some time at the end. All right, so Ryan, if I'm creating this box, what's one thing I absolutely got to put in there? Okay, you got to have some candy in there because if you're going to ask like review questions, you want to have some candy ready to throw out. So I do some kids Bible trivia questions because you can always do Bible trivia. Um, I keep, I have in my kids' church, I have each of the four corners of the room marked one, two, three, four for four corners or different games. So I have four index cards labeled one, two, three, four. So if I want to play four corners on the spot, I can tell the kids to go to a corner. I can shuffle between cards to draw a number of which corner is out. Um, I keep a magic trick in there. I keep an, I think I already said an object lesson. So just an, a prop. I used to keep, because I've been doing this for so long, Corey, I used to literally keep a, remember VCR tapes? I used to keep a VCR tape queued up and ready to go. Remember when you used to have your VCR tapes queued up? So I could just put it in the VCR player for the kids and it would be ready to go and I wouldn't have to fast forward through all the stuff at the beginning. Um, But those days are long gone. (laughs) Yeah, at least I (laughs) hope they are. Okay, today we're going to be hearing from Dr. Ron Hunter. Ron is the executive director and CEO at Randall House, a Christian publishing company, and D6 Ministries in Nashville, Tennessee. Ron earned his PhD in leadership, and today he travels as a speaker doing leadership and ministry training combined with consulting. He married his college sweetheart, Pamela, um, in 1987, which is awesome. And they have two adult kids, Michael and Lauren. So let's turn things over to this week's expert guide. If you're wrestling with prodigalness or parents in your church are, I would say, first of all, you're going to have to leave guilt behind. The number one item that is plaguing our parents right now is what did I do? What did I do? How did I contribute to this? Let's pretend for a moment the shoe is on the other foot and you have a parent coming to you for counsel and they say, hey, I messed up and it's not a prodigal problem, it's something else. Maybe they say, man, I did X and you fill in the blank on what X is. And you would say, God's able to forgive that. Have you prayed? Yes. Are you working to make sure we don't repeat that? Yes then Satan is the one who keeps reminding you and holding you hostage with unforgiven guilt. God's forgiven. You've got to get past the guilt because if Satan can hold guilt over you, he's going to paralyze you from doing what you need to do every day for your other children and for your ministry. The best thing that Satan can have as a win is if you're sitting in that that area where, and I will confess to you, I went through this with my daughter, and I'll share a couple of items about that. I got really quiet. You know, I'm traveling, teaching on family, and now my daughter is facing prodigalness. I should be disqualified, or I got to be a hypocrite to be out there teaching on it. Therefore, I'll sit on the sideline, and Satan wins. Satan can't win this one. You know why? 
because there are other parents who need us to be able to step up and go, you know what, my son or daughter is going through this right now. Some of you are going through that. Let's form a prodigal ministry. Let's come shoulder to shoulder. Let's read some books together. Let's pray together. Let's figure out ways to connect to our kids' hearts together. And let's get stronger in this together. We don't pretend we're perfect. We don't pretend we did everything right. But we admit where we are. We admit where our kids are. And we come alongside each other for encouragement. And we own the past. Whatever it is. <laughs> I usually teach this to non-children's ministry leaders. So I talk about you, you ladies and you men. And I'm talking to lead pastors in the room. And I say, if you think your church doesn't know it, Go talk to the people in children's ministry because every Sunday when they have prayer time, they hear everything. It's true, isn't it? Yes. 100% kids are innocent. They'll say anything. Mom and dad fought all the way to church. You should have heard what they said yesterday. I mean, you do. You hear it. So your church already knows. What they need to hear is for you to lean in and say, you know what? My son or daughter is going through a really rough time. Here's what I'm doing. Here's how I'm praying. And if you're in that same boat, here's how we can pray scripture together. Here's how we can tackle this together. They need somebody to just be vulnerable with them and to know that you're human. They already know you make mistakes. They already know your kids make mistakes. They just want to know that they're in it with you and that you're in it with them. And that's owning the past. Number three, educate yourself. Educate yourself. My wife was diagnosed with cancer five and a little over five years ago. I had pastored for 11 years and had ministered to a lot of families in our church with cancer. But when it happens to your family, no. No. She just gave me the two minute warning. I'm like, no. Okay. When it happens to you, you become the expert. You dive into the mayoclinic.com. You dive into books on it. You read about it. So if you're going through prodigalness, it's time to read some books on that topic. I'm going to give you one. I wanted to have it here today, but we had a conference last week and we sold out of it. It's Carol Barnier. Carol Barnier. I'm going to spell the last name. B-A-R-N-I-E-R. Carol Barnier. I think it's the premier book on prodigalness. I'll give you a second one. Christopher, that's an easy one to spell, Yuan, and actually pronounce it Yuan, Y-U-A-N, Yuan. He wrote Holy Sexuality and From a Country from Afar. Those two people, I think, will help you more than anybody else, and if I were you, I would put those books in my library. We don't publish those, so I'm not trying to send you our way. I did, however, get Christopher Yuan to read, to write a chapter and recalibrate, and he wrote it on prodigals. And his story in short is, he grew up in a pretty good home. His parents weren't Christians until he went into his prodigal state. They became Christians and started praying for him. But he got involved in uh, selling drugs. He got kicked out of dental school a month before he graduated as a doctor. He was selling drugs. He got arrested in Atlanta. And while he was in jail, they were administering the normal tests, physical health, all the other, and he was leading a very promiscuous lifestyle, and he was told by the warden, you are HIV positive. And God has redeemed him. He is now on faculty at Moody Bible Institute teaching theology and Bible, and he has got an incredible story. He writes about it in this chapter. 
Also in this book, there's a chapter on conversations with your kids. And from DNA, there's the senior pastor complex in Sandcastle Circles and Scuba that all deal with how do we connect on a deeper level. But the only way we're going to get past it is to educate ourselves so that we know how to reach the heart of our kids. And the truth is, we simply need to make ourselves available so that when they come back, when they hit bottom, we're ready. You notice the prodigal in the, in the Bible? The man was sitting on his porch. He ran to his son before he knew his son was going to repent. I want you to realize that. So you need to show your kids unconditional love. Now, had the son come back unrepentant and said, hey, dad, I've spent all my inheritance. I need more. I'm fairly certain that dad would not have given him more. He would not have enabled the situation, but he would have made sure he knew his son was loved 100%. You need to ask forgiveness from either, and I'm going to have to hasten through this, contributing to the cause. Sometimes we as a parent have exacerbated, gotten in arguments and driven a wedge between us and our child, or maybe we didn't do anything, but we caused a barrier because we're more concerned about what church people think than we are about unconditional love to our kids. And there's a letter I wrote in on page 51 of the DNA that basically you write to your kids. You don't say it, you don't Facebook it, you don't text it, but you write to them and you say, I'm sorry that I may have caused this wedge between us. I made blank more important than you. You came to me with questions. I didn't do this. And you're writing, and all you're trying to do is say to them, I would love to restore a relationship with you. Will you please forgive me for pushing you away? You're not saying in that letter, hey, you being with somebody unmarried is okay. You're not saying that if you're participating in a lifestyle that's unbiblical, that it's okay. You're saying, I'm sorry that we have broken our relationship. I'd like to restore it. And then if they come back and they're open to it, don't preach to them. Just befriend them. Find a hobby. Find a common area, whether you follow sports teams together, and they live 500 miles away, but you agree to watch the same game they like to follow. Or you read a book together and you talk about it, or you watch the same TV show, or whatever it is, you find common ground and you have regular talks so that when they have trouble, they can say, Mom, I need your advice on this problem. Or Dad, I need this. All you want to do is have a relationship so there's a potential for influence. That's what I want you to hear in this. You're not condoning, you're simply connecting. And then when you do all of that, don't go back to your church and pretend to be the expert. As I stand before you, my daughter, my wife and I, we went from eighth grade all the way to freshman year in college, but there were three really tumultuous years in there where we just didn't feel like anything. And now that we're on the other side, my daughter is now married to a great godly person. She's got a great walk with God. I am not here to tell you I'm an expert. I'm here to tell you that... There was a car ride that we had one day, and I would have told you this, but we're out of time. But I'm going to tell you in 30 seconds here. My daughter was dating an unbeliever, and she looked up at me, and she said, Dad, I don't care how many times you tell me. I already knew that you know this, that, that, I, that you think this is wrong. I went home and told my wife that night. She says, Ron, you're going to push your daughter away. And it broke my heart that my daughter and my wife told me the same thing the same day. And at that point, I realized I needed to just connect with my daughter's heart so that when the Holy Spirit was working, I would be there for her. And so our car rides changed, our conversations changed. And then when she brought it back up the next time, I was ready to walk through that door. And we were able to slowly hit that at the right moments in the right time so that we had a relationship to communicate. 
that's what you need to do, and that's what you need to advise your, 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 your people to do. And then you've got to, above all else, cover the issue of prayer. Cover it in prayer. We've got to be praying scripture over them, praying for them in every way, shape, and form. That's just a small portion. And if you want to dive deeper, I've tried to give you resources for where you can do that even further. But let me pray for you. Father, there's nothing more painful than watching our kids not follow you, except maybe blaming ourselves for it. And so, Lord, I'm asking you to remove that blame from these parents to the point that whether they did contribute or not contribute is not important as much today as it is to reconnect to our kids' hearts, because that's all you want to do. Every one of us have walked away from you at some point. We have disappointed you, and you've always been there ready to redeem us and take us back. And so, Lord, we need that posture with our kids. We need to teach our parents in our church how to have that posture. We love you, Lord. I pray for these that maybe they will start a prodigal ministry. Read some of these books together, like Carol Barnier's or Christopher Yuan's or others, but they will pray together for their kids. They'll talk about ways they can send notes or pictures or reminders just saying, I love you, and keeping that line of communication open. We ask this in your son's name. Thank you, Ron Hunter. I love Ron Hunter. Uh, what a great talk that you picked, Corey. I love I love the question you ask, and it's one we all need to wrestle with when it comes to ministering to our kids. Are you more concerned about what the church people think than showing unconditional love to your kids? And man, that hits close to home, Ron. Are you more concerned about what church people think than showing unconditional love? love to your kids. Wow. What about you, Corey? What struck home to you? Man, I just appreciate Ron's challenge for us to leave guilt behind. Um, I think these are wise words for everyone who's a new creation, um, parent or not, um, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so when we're allowing guilt to push us to the sidelines, um, we're no longer living up to the life that God's called us to. And so thank you, Ron. Um, I know a lot of us needed that challenge. This week on the I Love Kidmen Facebook group, we want to hear from you on how you connect with your kids. Um, not, not the kids in your ministry, but your kids at home. And any tips you have to rebuild broken relationships. Ron mentioned finding hobbies, finding common ground with your kids. So, hey, let's all jump over to the I Love Kidmen Facebook group, search for episode number 28, and let us know some of your ideas in that post. I Love Kidmen, it's going to be a great 2020. Thanks for letting Corey and I jump into your week uh, this year with our podcast. If you have any ideas, suggestions, feedback, we are all ears, so please hit us up on Facebook and let us know. This episode might be over, but the conversation is just getting started. Head over to the I Love Kidmin Facebook group and let's talk about your next steps in your kids' ministry journey.